Welcome back to another episode of State of the Art. This is your host, Gabe BC. You can always follow us at State of the Art on Instagram or Twitter, or you can send me an email at gabe at thestateoftheart.org if you have any questions or comments about last week's episode. Uh, last week was with Greg Gage of Backyard Brains. I'm sure you have some thoughts on that one. Um, uh, it's been kind of an interesting time. I'm starting to make work again. I haven't made a whole lot of work this year because of COVID. And I'm realizing that because my work has to do with people and portraits of people, I have to kind of think of a whole new way to make work during this time. So usually I shoot in a studio with people on video and then kind of composite them into objects or sculptures. But now, because I can't really be there in person, I'm, I'm filming through the internet and using machine learning to capture people. And it's very different, but it's also kind of interesting. It's good to have a little bit of a shakeup in the way that you create work every once in a while as an artist. I'm curious how it's impacting you. So if you're an artist and it's changed the way you worked this pandemic, send me an email uh, or you know message us on State of the Art on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm curious to hear your stories and maybe we can even have you on the, a short episode coming up. So let me know how you're coping with this pandemic. Uh, today, we actually have an artist on the podcast. Vivian Grevin is our guest today. If you haven't seen Vivian Grevin's work, definitely go right now to viviangrevin.de and take a look. Vivian paints these amazing pieces, these figurative pieces of bodies. They kind of look like classical uh, portraits from antiquity uh, mixed with pop art and with a digital flair on top of them. So we're going to talk all about her influences as an artist and maybe even get some uh, some advice for artists that are painting now. Um, And also think about how technology has shaped the way modern painters work. Uh, so it's a really interesting episode, especially if you work even in a more traditional format. Uh, so let's start it off here. Let's welcome Vivian Grevin to the podcast. Vivian, thank you so much for joining me today. So just to start off, I'm curious, how do we describe like the look and feel of your work on a podcast for people who have never seen your paintings before? How would you describe sort of the the look of of some of your pieces? Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, most people describe me as a typical female figurative painter, but that's something I wouldn't completely um, um, agree with, hmm. because I also I, I wouldn't distinguish for the first yeah that's the first point I think I wouldn't distinguish the abstraction and the figuration. That's something which is just not in the work um, because it's a painting and that means it's always abstract um, because we have just a flat yeah surface and yeah we're painting something on it and it, it's describing always something which is like space volume body uh, shadows and light and all these things but it's still color so it's always an abstract process to bring these um these certain visual uh phenomena mm-hmm. <laughs> on the on the canvas on the surface of the canvas and um that that's something which is really important to me to yeah um, but there's something um, like uh, very classical yet also modern about your paintings. Um, are there particular influences that that have uh, impacted you over your life that you've kind of created these figures from? Or I guess I'm I'm asking like who are these figures that you're representing in your work over and over again? Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's kind of rem- yeah. It kind of reminds us of antique sculptures or classical antique sculptures. Um, but I think in the end, it's just prototypical, um, yeah, 
human forms which describe um, uh, uh, which are like for me like bodies to describe my human experience in this world and that's why they are quite anonymous um, so you see them as a certain person as a certain portrait or something just a form of human being and that's why they have this um, yeah this classic antique look like but at the same time as you said they're quite po they're quite modern or quite contemporary and that is something I found quite interesting because I don't know exactly why they have it in them I think it's just because I'm living now so I'm quite influenced by all the things which are around myself which are also a lot of a lot of digital um digital aspects um and figures and forms which are just like on instagram or on whatever medium so yeah they are like <laughs> merging into that figures um yeah and what Does are these <laughs> yeah that totally makes sense what are these digital influences would you say i mean you mentioned instagram but what are mm -hmm. some of the other influences that kind of shaped the way your characters emerge or these figures emerge yeah, hmm. um, I don't know exactly. It's actually, usually I have something which is in myself, which is like a certain issue I'm dealing with. Um, and then I'm starting to search for representations in the world, which kind of um, resonate with me so that I, to whom, or to which I resonate. So I might see something on on the on the digital screen, like on Instagram, by, while surfing through the net, and then in, something in myself would react to it. And then I'm going to search for the connection between what I saw and what I already was dealing with. And when I when I said I have a certain issue, and then I put my um, put a certain file on my computer and put everything which I'm interested in uh, in that file. So all the things which come up in, in in accordance with that issue um i put in that file and then i uh have to figure out and to research what are the connections between these certain images or texts or poetry or newspaper articles or whatever comes up i'm searching for the connections and then i try to find the essence of what i'm interested in and then and then i'm probably going to paint it or to draw it or whatever comes to my mind suits it best and so these yeah. files on your computer, uh, what are, do you mind if I ask, what are some of the files that you have going? What are some of these collections? Uh, yeah, at the moment, I mean, I, I the, the show, which is currently, um, which is just opened in the Kunstpalais, it's called Apple. So yeah, that was, for instance, a certain issue I was searching for. I just put in like on Google Apple, and then I would put different things together, which are concerned with Apple. Um, yeah. And where did that, that come from? Like why Apple specifically? <laughs> yeah. The first I, I think the first thing I was interested in was a um a neck of a of a female sculpture. Uh I found that quite interesting because it kind of resonated with myself and I had a feeling of my um my voice not being able to be yeah, not being able to be spoken. So that, that, that there's something in my in my own thought thought, which uh which is like a uh like a I don't know the right word for that uh, like something I couldn't say or I couldn't breathe something which is blocked mm -hmm. and then I felt I have that apple in my that, that we say it in Germany I don't know it's the same in English isn't it the Adam's apple yeah the Adam's apple sure yeah, in your throat that Adam in our throat and I. 
I found that so interesting that we call it Adam's apple because I'm I'm actually probably rather an Eva than an Adam, but I still have an Adam's apple. <laughs> so I started to really get into that image and that symbol of having an apple in my throat and what does that mean to have an apple in a throat and then I started to paint paintings with um, all concerned about that apple and then they, my figures started to have holes in their throat or have uh, like an arrow in their throat, throat and um, all these things come together in that file so I start, start, started to, to collect all things around apple like um, we have that Snow White and the Huntsman um, fairy tale or like yeah as I said already the Eva and Adam's um, story in the Bible. And then also I came across Wilhelm Tell, it's a famous German, uh, fer, fer, also like a, like a story. Sure, yeah. Horus and the apple. And yeah, I come across also, of, of course, the Mac, uh, the apple era <laughs> of the computers. I found that interesting that we also have that symbol of that kind of bitten apple. Uh, yeah, so it's it's very interesting. It's interesting. It's yeah. almost like poetry. Like you, you found this one word and then you sort of free associate around that word until you put mm -hmm. together this whole body of work based on just that uh, initial image. Um, yeah. Is, do, you, do you find yourself thinking that way with other things in life too, that you kind of start with one object and then think about all the thoughts surrounding that object? Uh, does that enter in other parts of your life? Like I, I know you said you wrote poetry, but I'm curious if that's a creative yeah. process you've kind of discovered throughout the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably my way of thinking. I really like to, yeah, to have free thoughts and to see that all associations are so important because they're all connected. And it, in the end, it's pretty logical and it's also telling a story of its own. And um, yeah, <laughs> so it's it's probably my way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of your paintings are about connection or touch. Um, why, yeah. why is connection so important to you? I mean, obviously it's important to all humans, but, um, why particularly to you is this a subject that you like to explore in your work? Um, yeah, I think it's probably because I, I suffer so much from being disconnected. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of my innerest, uh, truest feeling of being a human being is to be disconnected. I feel so uh, isolated in, in this world, in this body. And I found that so um, interesting. But at the same time, I have that inner knowledge that it's not true and that there is some, yeah, some form of connection with all living instances on the world, on the planet. And uh, this discrepancy between this, these two different, uh, completely opposite um, form of beings is something I, I try to overcome in my paintings and to try to understand more deeply what it means and why we have that situation as human beings in the world. Because I, I think and I know from experience with other with other human beings <laughs> that this is not just my personal um, suffering or not just my personal, uh, yeah, uh, understanding of what it means to be a human. And why do you think we feel so disconnected today? I think that's a common feeling, but is there something that's uh, influencing us yeah. in a different way? Yeah, I don't know exactly because I just know how it is today. I, I, I used to say that. I used to say we changed and things uh, developed in that certain direction, but um, at the moment, I'm not sure anymore because I, I, I just suddenly started to figure out that my grandma just feels the same and that she says that her 
mother felt the same. And yeah, so it's something which is probably not just contemporary, but at the moment, uh, when I try to analyze the current situation, um, I mean, obviously now we have Corona, which is just like a total, uh, uh, metaphor for for what is going on and for that certain uh, feeling I was describing beforehand, but uh, yeah, for my generation, I think definitely also the um, yeah the digital era and the 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 pressure to be individual and to be optimized and to be very egocentric. Um, that pressure, I think, is something we are all feeling. And we all uh, serving uh, in order to um, exist as far, um, yeah, in this very quick and far, I don't know, quick moving um, capitalize, capitalism uh, world. It's very difficult to um, to take a break and to really get into your body and to feel how it is to be a human being in a body in a certain place in a certain time. Uh, so we always we always have have to like um yeah like break up with our bodies and to to spread our our spirits across the globe to really be connected with everything at once and that i think in the end leads to a um, to a feeling of separation hmm. yeah interesting and um do, do you embrace i mean you, it's it's interesting because you said that in a way you use social media as an inspiration sometimes to find uh I images that you'll then use in your work do you then limit the amount of social media that you consume in order to kind of separate yourself as well to kind of create that divide? Um, yeah, I try to reflect um, and yeah, to reflect on myself and my behavior uh, as 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 <laughs> as clear and and honest as possibly. Uh, so that's why I um, try to be as conscious as possible uh with what i'm doing and that means yeah i i'm i definitely know when i use my uh, social media um entrance the world and i also decide when i don't want to en enter this world um yeah so i i try to have a good um structure of every day and that means that i also have like half an hour on instagram a day or an hour a day for email and so I really try to be very um to be very true to my to my inner voice and to see what is going on and what needs to be done and what doesn't uh, each day so I try not to be uh, under pressure of what I might do or what I might be able to do every day you know is uh there's a lack of technology uh, depicted in your work though right it seems like there there are sort of uh, anxieties about technology but we never mm -hmm. actually see a technological device depicted in your work. Can you tell us a little bit about that choice? Is it about keeping with sort of the classical feeling of these figures or is that a very intentional choice? Yeah, it's very intentional. I made this choice very intentional when I uh, still studied at the Arts Academy in Dusseldorf. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, beforehand I had much more of my hand in the painting. So you would much, there were much more gestures or, paint brushes or yeah just you could see how it's done and i kind of suffered from that being the author of a painting i just didn't want to be that author um 
in the first place. It, it, I mean, I, I, li I like to do my paintings and I'm fine with it. And But I, I just didn't want to say something about myself. I just didn't want to put myself in that focus. And um, that's when I started to reduce my hand as much as I could in order to serve the painting. So I really had a, yeah, like a change uh in my mind uh in my understanding of what i want to be as an artist and um that's where i started to change the whole painting technique and to see myself as a service for the painting hmm. um yeah oh, that's that was fascinating very, is it like yeah. the painting is being channeled through you as the artist is that kind of how you see it yeah almost like a yeah. psychic kind of uh medium format here psychic kind of medium <laughs> i mean like are you channeling this this force i mean it's, it's an interesting thing that you chose at this moment not to depict yourself but these paintings mm -hmm. kind of come through you still as the as the, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that what it <laughs> yeah, feels maybe. like when you're painting them i mean do you feel like you're yeah. driven to paint these pieces out of some other force maybe i am maybe i see myself as a medium that's interesting i never i never said that before but it, it makes sense i i see myself as a as uh, an example of human experience so i wouldn't see my my paintings as autobiographical but definitely out of my experience so it's made from my experience but it's not my experience and i see myself as a medium to transfer and to translate these inner um processes these inner emotional states um onto a canvas yeah so that other people can connect with it with it and might resonate with it and might get into yeah in, in a deeper sense of touch with themselves in the end because yeah as i said i see myself as an ex example of human experience so I, I in the end i believe that we all have similar experiences and we are all connected in that yeah and what do you hope people will feel from seeing your work for the first time I hope that they feel understood on a very essential level of uh, being and yeah of being that's a good that's a good way to say it yeah like as if they could open up a bit and as if they could uh, breathe a little bit deeper when they see these paintings um yeah like a safe uh, hug or something, hmm. like a safe, like a safe embrace. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. I like that idea very much. Um, what would you do if you weren't an artist? Yeah, that's a good question. Because um, I always I have that kind of discussion uh, with uh, friends, or yeah, <laughs> I I know that question very well because I always say. Um, I don't identify with that artist's uh, job. It's not my identification. I want to be free of any identification. That's very, very important for me to be a free spirit. So I think I would do the same. And it just would take another form in that world. Um, yeah. Why is it so important to be um, not identified as an artist or to be able to mold your personality or your uh, your image in this world? Um, it's it's important, I think, not to identify 
with a certain form or idea. It's always an idea of um, of what I what I am in that world. Because if I identify with something, I already get stuck, and I already would be prisoned. I think it's important to be free in the mind and to be open to whatever wants to come into your life. And if that doesn't fit the idea of being an artist, I, you know, I already would be stuck to open up to another, to open up to another opportunity or maybe it's not the opportunity is not the right word to open up to another form of living. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I always forget to think about <laughs> these days. Um, when was the last time you did something new? Oh, today. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh, today. What did I do? I, I just answered very quickly because I think I'm always doing things new. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think exactly. Yeah. For instance, I, today I ate a uh, bread I never ate before. What? <laughs> what was the bread you've never eaten before? Yeah, it was a bread with a um, vegetarian sausage and some um, German speciality in uh, yeah, I don't know that word in English actually, like a like a special butter. And, <laughs> are you are you like, constantly kind of challenging yourself to do new things? It seems like you have a very um, open outlook on life in general, but I'm curious if that's part of your practice as well. To to do new things or mm -hmm. to experience new things? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> at the same time, I like to do um, all the things over. I like to do have very strict structures and do all the things I'm used to. Do. It gives it gives me a lot of safety. But I found that's interesting that it's never the same. So you can also find that in my paintings. I, I usually do bodies of work, so I have a certain issue, as I said in the beginning of that podcast, and then I start to paint it, and I paint it again and again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can. 20 times or something and I found something completely new in every in, in each and every painting and that's so I found that so interesting because I could never do the same even if I wanted to it's not possible I, I'm just not I'm just not, I always will find something new in it when you're when you're painting these, these figures I'm, I'm kind of curious about the figures themselves do you have um, characters for these figures ever like you know do you know that you're going to paint a certain figure again or are they always a different uh, character or figure that you're painting in your mind um hmm, that's an interesting question i think they are kind of always um, a bit different but they might also still have the same name so, for instance i painted like a portrait um body of work of you did we have that story of Judith and Holofernes. Um, yeah. And I, I wanted to portray that Judith. And she was going to change through the whole process. So in every painting, she would look different. But it was still the same figure. Uh, so it was the same figure and it was not the same figure. It's mm. probably like me being another person every day. It's not that I have a multiple <laughs> kind of personality disorder. But I can, but I can like, um, yeah, have empathy, empathy with myself and all these different aspects of myself, which are diff different every day. Um, and still, it's the personality. But I feel okay today. I'm like a bit more like thirteen, and today I'm a bit more like 
80 or something. So it's really interesting to observe in myself. And I think that's um, also very special about the human spirit. Yeah. Um, what, so we are not just one. We are we're multitudes, <laughs> kind of. Um, what advice would you have for artists that are just starting out? Uh, people that are in school or just starting to have their first shows? Um, I think, yeah, the most important thing is to really be, um, huh, <laughs> to really be, uh, in the essence of oneself, uh, to really, yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> I have trouble doing that all the time. How, how do you stay centered in that way? Um, it's a daily work. <laughs> Sometimes I say that, that this is actually the work, not the painting. Um, yeah, it's probably life lifelong work. Um, but it's a good way, and the process is also part of the essential uh, inner movement. Um, to understand that everything is just as it should be, and that I can be grateful in that, and that I can be open in that, and that. I can be loving in that. So I really think that this is a good way to become an artist, to, to go um, the deepest you can into yourself, to dig deep and to open the heart. And it's, a, it's something which is also like doing, if you start this process, it's like yeah, moving forward, uh, Anyway, I think if you just started to open your heart, it will open up more and more and more. You can't stop it. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's usually a normal way. Yeah, when you start a process. Is there anything that you dislike about the uh, the art world? Uh, if there's something I dislike in the art world, yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly. I mean. The art world is like a small part of the real world <laughs> and resembling the real world quite a lot and sometimes probably even more extremely. And obviously there are things I don't like and I dislike in the world, but um, I have to accept them and work with them. And I understand these things as things I can, I can accept and, and grow with. And yeah, me myself, I I can do a difference. I can I can um, stand up for myself and to um, in that regard change the world around me bit by bit. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So before yeah. we finish up here, I want to ask you some um, rapid fire questions about you, about yourself. Uh, which I, uh, I know you said you sometimes like to hide a little bit, but here's some questions to expose you, <laughs> if that's all right with you. Uh, yeah. So um, what, let's say we finish this interview and you go outside right now and find a, a lottery ticket on the floor that wins $10 million. Uh, what would you do with that that money? Or 10, 10 million uh, euros, I, I guess I should say. What would you do with that money? $10 million. That's quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. It's difficult. I mean, um, that's a very good question because that's something I'm I'm really fighting with. Um, because I'm quite uh, frightened when it comes to my existence, and I'm always trying to be safe and to uh, ground myself in safety. And I know it it's not possible, but I still like to have um, yeah, a safe space where I can work, 
where I can live, where I can, um, yeah, take care of the one I love, the ones I love, uh, including my doggy. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably would buy myself a house and a studio, and uh, would put something into future projects like yeah, getting saved for when I'm old or something. And then I would definitely like to um, support projects uh, concerning our planet. Mm. Uh, really like to help our planet to get into its balance back again. Yeah, so I would try to figure out projects I really uh, trust in. Probably something concerning the trees and the ocean. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, if you were sort of stuck on a deserted island, but all your needs were taken care of, all your basic needs like food and water, what two items yeah. would you want to have with you? If you could pick any other two items to bring with you on this island, just items or also living beings? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, let's say just items. Just items. Okay. Oh gosh, <laughs> I've never thought about that. Um. You never had that happen to you where you ended up on a desert island before? Mm, no, I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> so and I probably have no no uh possibility to get into contact, so no wire wireline Wi Fi. Yeah. <laughs> well you could I guess you could say Wi Fi if you that could be one of your items you'd bring. <laughs> so, yeah, I probably would take that with me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um yeah. Wi Fi. <laughs> and what's the second one you have your, you got your wi-fi figured out now on the island what's the do you want to bring a, then i can like um get everything i need from the internet <laughs> <laughs> that's it you just live you just order things uh directly to your <laughs> island and that would be it oh that it's probably a question i will love uh, later and find the perfect answer but now i don't know <laughs> that's how it always goes with these rapid fire questions what was the last um gift that you gave someone Um, I remember, I don't know exactly what was the exact last thing I give someone. I mean, I do things like, yeah, trying to give, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I try to give my love to all the people around me all the time, uh, as much as I can. So that's probably also a gift, but uh something really like gift is like uh i I bought some trees for a friend of mine Mm. uh yeah that's good yeah like a living gift um that's great and i guess uh my last question for you here uh is just are there any like uh movies or songs or books that have particularly influenced you throughout your life um i guess like what what is your favorite uh movie that exists in this world that you watch anytime it comes on the 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 Mm. Uh, I don't. I ha- don't have a TV. <laughs> do you watch? Do you watch films at all? Uh, I do, but very, very uh, seldom. That uh, that um, something I do, don't do very often. I really what what was really um, interesting to me was the the movie Ex Machina. Hmm. And why? And why did you like that movie so much? I found that quite interesting. These um, figures who looked like human beings, but were just uh, computers and i like that they got very um concrete about their anatomy they there's i know that there was a certain um um uh, uh conversation between 
the one who made these figures with the person who visited um, the the project, and he explained why they have so so be- so beautiful and in the same way uh, functional vaginas. These computer women. And that was so interesting to me as I thought, how is that possible? And he explained it in detail, how the mechanisms would work. Yeah, that really influenced me quite a lot. And I also did a painting series on that uh, Yeah, in, uh, years later and very different, but still the associations were very um, influential. Yeah. And the painting series was about uh, Ex Machina in particular or this concept? <laughs> No, not true. Not not really. But they were about that inner feeling of not being alive inside mm. myself. So I painted like huge martini glass zoom zooms on martini glasses, and um, they they have the same anatomy as. Um, so I came from um, a Venus sculpture and tried to focus on the on her sex, but there was no real. Yeah, you couldn't see. You know the Venus sculptures, like it's just like a V, right? Yeah, and from, like, actually, I've seen your martini uh, paintings as well, the martini glass paintings. I'm curious yeah. about why a martini glass, because it has the same form as that Venus sex. Mm. And uh, I, I painted that fragment of the Venus sculpture, and then I figured out that it's just the same and form, and it looked a bit to me as if. I could, if I paint that martini glass, it's as if I could zoom into the body. It it, it resembles a bit like a like an X-ray or something into that sculpture body. So I found that interesting to put it in a transparent uh, glass um, version. Uh, maybe I would be interested in having a glass Venus or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and then I I wanted to to yeah understand. And that in a trans, yeah, maybe it's also about the. I read a, a philosophical text about um, a transparent uh, society, um, and it was, yeah, it was dealing on a philosophical level with that, um, with ourselves being more and more digital and uh, giving all our information into into that digital world, so we can become very transparent. And losing our uh, physical, flashy bodies in, 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 yeah. Do you think that we're going to become more like machines in the future? Do you think we'll reach that ex machina phase where we'll become indistinguishable from from machines? No, no, I don't think so. But I like to uh, imagine, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I know, I know that I, yeah how it feels to lose the connection to the body and that's quite something which is like a machine um so it's also work to really be in the body and to feel um every cell and to feel the blood um yeah flowing through the body it's necessary to concentrate on that to be really rooted on that earth mm-hmm. yeah i also liked maybe when we talked about movies i also watched black mirror mm-hmm very similar, uh, actually, in a way, kind of a <laughs> dystopian sci-fi view of the world. It seems interesting to me that perspective, yeah. And uh, that was some, I found that so fascinating because um, I remember when I watched it, I woke up in the mornings after watching it in the evenings, and I really felt, still felt, when I woke up, it would be real. I found that so diff- difficult to differentiate that it was just uh, something I watched on 
Netflix. Um, it was very complicated for me to distinguish that, I remember, because it was so thinkable. It's something which is very close to what we already observe, which is already happening. Um, so it's not it's not that far away. Is that kind but, of is that kind of exciting to you? Like the idea that maybe some of these technologies are or like maybe titillating? I mean, I'm curious if there is a fascination in there for you. Like uh or is it is it horrifying? Is the idea like exciting or kind of scary to you? Black Mirror is quite scary. Or all they did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I'm f- familiar yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think these all these stories, as you said, are quite dystopian dystopia dystopia it's not very friendly so um yeah as i said i'm I'm not thinking that we are going to be machine-like beings in the future so i'm not that frightened i just like to imagine and to think that surreal um perspective on human form um maybe it's a surreal um insight like a surreal painting and maybe that there's a connection but yeah like uh, movement to towards the future, uh, towards what is not already here. Mm. Yeah, I see that. I see that a bit in your paintings as well. There is something about it that feels like a surreal vision of humans. Um, that, yeah, and they, they're posing almost in a way that it's. I'm not saying that they're machine-like, but they seem like they're posed as if anticipating the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's from the future or something. Yeah. yeah. I like that idea. I, I also say that I see myself as an um, a, a, a temporal person. Is, is that a word in mm-hmm, English? Sure. A, a because I really like to move through all the times. Uh, and that's why I also paint. It's a good, in, in painting, it's so easy possible to move through different um yeah, eras of paintings, and you can all you can put all these things in a painting, and put all these certain symbols or things. Yeah, we can already understand in that painting, and it, so it can be in the end something from Renaissance, and still something which is like from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful thing. I think yeah. that's a great place to wrap up. Thank you so much, Vivian, for being on the show today with us. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm happy. Thank you for so much for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, and how do we find your work? What's the best place to see your work online? Oh, it's probably still my homepage and Instagram, but also my galleries have my work on their site. Great. Yeah. We're going to put a, post a link to uh, your homepage and also your Instagram in the, in the description of this podcast. But uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. I hope we will talk to you soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Okay. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of State of the Art. You can find us at State of the Art on Instagram or Twitter. State of the Art is an at-art production originally created by Ethan Appleby. Uh, Our audio engineer extraordinaire is Weston Stevens. We call him Wes. Uh, Our producer is Francesca Rodriguez-Sawaya. We call her LaFunchy. And our intern is Abby Asmus, and we just call her Abby. This is Gabe BC. You can find me at Gabe BC on pretty much everything. Stay tuned next week for another exciting episode.